Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Folks, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of it. I, I really am. The propaganda has reached epidemic levels right now. I got in this big back and forth last night with a medical professional, air quotes, um, slash propaganda advocate trying to keep my kids out of school again, basing it on nothing but speculation. Science has gone out the window. I don't even want to, because I'm, and in that, we got Spygate too. Let me get right to it, because I got a loaded show today. Today's brought to you, today's show brought to you by friends at ExpressVPN. Get a VPN today. Why? To protect your online data from those prying eyeballs. Go to expressvpn.com slash Dan. Get your VPN today. Don't wait. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Well, I'm always good because it's Friday. (laughs) (laughs) As we always have to do, even when the news is somber, we need Joe's. uh, Please. We need to ground ourselves in Joe's best. Oh, best, worst 1960s game show voice. Hey, just a quick programming note. I'll be on the Greg Gutfeld show this weekend on Fox as well. It should be fun. That's Mm -hmm. always a little bit uh, lighter show, if you know what I mean. So I got some, uh, there's going to be a cool segment about movies you're not going to want to miss. So check that out on Fox. I'll be on the Greg Gutfeld show. All right, uh, let me get through today's show. Brought to you by friends at Vincero. Vincero. Probably one of my favorite sponsors out there. Vincero watches. The watch you see me wear every single day. Here, television, elsewhere, they're having a sale. My listeners already know that Vincero creates the most incredible-looking watches. Look at that. An incredible price. But I get more questions about this. It's a Vincero Altitude. This is the black one. They also have one here. Blue face with a brown band. I like this one as well, as you can see from the curves in it. I wear this one a lot as well. Uh, These watches are stunning, and they're well under $200. I always get compliments on it. I always get questions. Well, now you know where I get my watch from. Vincero. They continue to do right by their buyers. They know how important it is to shop for brands you can trust. Go check out their watches at vincerowatches.com slash Bongino and get access to their sale. Vincero's offer, Vincero offers free shipping, 30-day returns, and guarantees your watch for two years. They have over 21,000 five-star reviews. You won't find a better-made watch for this good of a price anywhere. It's the best value for your money, guaranteed. Take advantage of 20% off everything on their website. None of their new items are off limits. They have brand new watch collections you need to see for yourself right now. If you visit Vincero, V-I-N-C-E-R-O, watches.com slash Bongino, you purchase the discount is automatically applied at discount. Can't miss out. It's that easy to shop at Vincero. They're shipping all orders directly from their local U.S. distributors, delivering all orders on time, no delays. They want to get you a product as quickly as possible. Continue to support this brand during this time as they continue to support the Dan Bongino Show. Go shop Vincero. This is a great company. Beautiful watches. Again, I get compliments about it all the time. People always ask me where it's from. The deal's too good to pass up. Go to Vincero, V-I-N-C-E-R-O, watches.com slash Bongino. Don't pay full price for these beautiful timepieces. Take advantage of their sale. Get up to 20% off your entire order. Vincero, watches.com slash Bongino. Go today. All right, Joe, let's go. All right, again, just to, don't go anywhere today. I've got an explosive Spygate block. Big, big new information came out about that. I'm going to put that all in context for you. But before I get to that, I want to get to this. So last night, I'm home. Listen, folks, um, let me just be candid with you. Let's cut the BS. I'm, I'm tired of the argument about the kids. Get the kids back to school. Can we make a deal? If you don't want the schools to open, fine. It's not a knock on teachers. Don't you dare go down that road. I love teachers. I've said it in the past. I'll say it again. I trust my kid with teachers. My life was changed by good teachers. But if you're a school that doesn't want to open up and you don't want to educate the kids, fine. I'm not kidding. I tweeted it. I'll say it again. I parlayed it. I put it on Facebook. Fine. 
Capital F-I-N-E. Fine. No problem. What do you mean no problem? Just give me my money back. Is that okay? Just give me my money back. Fair deal? You don't want to open the schools? Great. Don't open them. But stop making my kids and everyone else's kids suffer. You don't want to send your kids to school and you're a parent? I totally understand. I get it. I'm not kidding. Keep them home. That's your call. I want my kids back in school. They will be the first ones through the door because I've read the actual science, unlike many of the people proclaiming to be scientists and medical, quote, professionals. I'm tired of it. These appeals to authority and emotion. Science. What do you want? The people to die? But I'm a medical doctor. You're a medical doctor and you can't read a basic research report. Maybe you should turn in your medical degree. That's what happened last night. Can we make that deal first? Is that a fair deal? You don't want to open your schools. Fine. Sell off the buildings. I don't know what you're going to do with your staff, but no money for you. We get our own money back so we can find a way to educate our kids. Just to be clear, you want us to pay you these schools with taxpayer dollars. You want us to pay you while we're home working. We haven't taken a day off. We haven't taken a day off with the exception of the holiday. We haven't taken a day off from work. We have to go out, pick up products for the show. I had to travel. We have to work. Matter of fact, I had to pay to travel for work. I have to do it, and then I have to educate my kids too. But you don't want to go back to school, and we're supposed to pay you for it. So we work, and then we work to pay you to not work to educate our kids. I'm just, by the way, thank you to all the teachers who email me saying, hey, we want to go back to school. We want to teach the kids. I love you. I'm not kidding. Much love. Big time. You got a lot of guts and you do a great job. I'm talking to the people. We're not going back. We're not going to teach the kids. We're not opening the schools. Don't open them. Then just don't take our money. Joe, fair deal? Sounds fair, right? I'm not crazy? You're good. Thank you. You're welcome. You're good. I'm pissed about this. Of course. I love the teachers. But if you don't want to open the schools then stop torturing everyone else. Give us back our money and let us figure it out. How did this start last night? Why am I on a two-minute rampage here? Because I've been tweeting this for days now. Simple solutions. You don't want to open? Don't open. Give us our money back. We'll figure it out. And this medical professional chimes in. Forgive me if I'm saying his name wrong. It's not intentional. Dr. Sathia. Again, it's not intentional. MD. With all due respect to his medical degree, I'm sure he's a very smart guy. He doesn't understand basic science. So I tweeted out, as you can see yesterday, and I put on my parlor account as well, if the schools don't want to open, despite the data showing children are at low risk of harm, that's fine, but I want my tax dollars back. So this guy decides to chime in, Dr. Sathia, and he says another misguided tweet with misinformation. Kids do spread COVID, as per recent Korean study. Oh, here he goes yeah. with the Korean study. Dr. Sathia clearly hasn't read. Those under 10 spread it half as much as those above 10. That's not what the study says. So either this Dr. Sathya hasn't read the study or hasn't is a liar. Back to his tweet. He's either lying to you or he hasn't read the study. This is about protecting kids, communities, and the elderly. And he says that those under 10 spread it half as much as those above 10 who spread it just as much as adults. That is not what the study says. So then his medical air quotes, professional pals chimed in. Oh, 
We're all medical professionals. We've read the South Korea study. So just to be clear, because I'm going to actually go through the South Korea study, these medical professionals either read and are lying to you about or didn't read and chimed in anyway. This is the new liberal mantra from propaganda artists desperate to keep your kids locked up in solitary confinement, damaging your, your kids' future. They'll be fine. They're all medical professionals with nice salaries. They'll take it. They'll put their kids in special, uh, you know, little day camps and stuff. They'll be fine. Your kids, middle-class homes, some of some folks who can't afford, some people living in trailer parks can't get out of them. Screw those kids. They don't care about any of that. The South Korea study says, Joe, did you know this? The South Korea study said these kids, they're spreading it just as much in the 10th and 19th place. Is that what it says? Mm, I didn't know that, no. Of course you didn't know that, Joe, because that's not what it says. And I would have told you as part of the show. Cool. <laughs> so let's go to this article in The Federalist by the great Phil Kirpin, who spends his entire days, entire days, actually analyzing the data about the South Korean study the media is reporting to now saying, look, South Korea said kids spread it. Is that what it says? So here's an article in The Federalist. Please, 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 I humbly, humbly beg you to read this. It's in the show notes. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Our newsletter is the show notes. Read this story and send it to all your friends convinced that the kids are super spreaders because they read the South Korea study. Headline, The Federalist, Phil Kirpin. New York Times hyped Korean report actually shows kids are not spreading coronavirus. That can't be, Joe. <laughs> doctor, I'm sorry. Again, I don't mean to say his name wrong. The doctor in the, in the tweet told us the South Korea study said these kids are spreaders, man. Yeah. He's a doctor, Joe. Yeah. Shut your mouth, Armacost. He's a doctor. Yeah. Don't you dare challenge him. Sorry, doc. He's a doctor. Yeah. Yeah, damn right. Better apologize. Doctor, no, he read the South Korea study, which the New York Times cites, too. Kids are spreading it everywhere. Well, what does the South Korea study actually say? Read this Federalist piece. Because Phil, who's actually a smart guy, actually did go through the piece and found that that's not at all what the South Korean study that these kids are super spreaders actually says. Mm. Not happy today at all. Let's go to screenshot number one from the Federalist piece from Phil, who actually read the South Korean study, the doctor, medical professional sites. Quote, the Federalist. In fact, the report found that it was extremely rare for children to bring an infection into the home. It did because the doctor just told me, no, the South Korea study says kids are super spreaders. It found that just 2.7% of potential index cases, in other words, the first case in the home, we're under age 20, 2.7%. Does that sound like a lot? Doesn't to me. Mm. He says, imagine twisting that all into a call for school closures. It's astonishingly reckless. Okay, so let's take away number one. So again, the doctor, he's a medical professional, Joe. So we, we have to defer. He's appealing to his authority here. Mm -hmm. Told us, keep the school shut down. Dan Bongino calling for school. So that's misinformation. The South Korea study said that these kids transmit the disease. That's funny because it's not what it actually says. See, he didn't actually read it. I had before he tweeted me, so I was ready right away because I've been following Kirpin, which you should too. Phil Kirpin's writings. You'll actually get information, unlike the medical professionals out there promoting propaganda. So it says that only 2.7% of first cases were kids under 20, 2.7. You mean 27, right? There's a decimal point. No, no, 
Wow. Doesn't really back up the doctor's medical professional assertion that kids are spreading this, does it? Oh, no, it gets worse, folks. Let's go to screenshot number two. The South Korean report also did no genetic mapping and therefore was unable to determine the actual true index cases. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, they have no idea who brought it into the home. The paper itself says, and I'm quoting here, folks, for the doctor who apparently didn't read the paper or did and chooses to lie to you anyway, quote, we could not determine the direction of transmission. Wait, keep this up here. That doesn't make any sense. Because the doctor's saying he's a doctor, that he's sure the kids are bringing it into the home as per the South Korea study, which says, and I'll quote again, we could not determine the direction of transmission. So you mean the adults could have given it to the kids? Because that's not what the doctor said. Phil goes on. Contrast the South Korea study with the contact tracing study from Iceland, which we cited on our show the other day, folks, which actually mapped the haplotypes to determine direction of transmission and found it was almost always parent to child. The doc, the doc did the doc read that? Hmm. Doc, doctor, I'm sorry, I don't, can it, if I mispronounce your name, did, the doc, did you miss that, doctor? No, 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 I'm just, I just went to graduate school, got an MBA and did a graduate degree in neuropsychology. I'm not a medical professional like you. That's right. Of course, my education, the ability to read statistics, analysis and studies, that doesn't matter. Appeal to his authority who can't read a basic study. Where the South Korea study he's citing to tell you your kids are spreaders says nothing of the sort. Says they're not spreaders, only 2.7% of index cases. And the index cases they're talking about, they're not even sure the kids spread it to the adult. It could have been the adult to kid like the Iceland study, which was more robust and used genetic mapping, actually said. Did you miss that, Doc? Did you miss that, Doc? I know you're a medical professional who wants to hurt my kids and keep them home because that's what you're suggesting. Your kids will be a-okay. You're, they'll be a-okay. Sure, you got a nice, nice pad, good network of friends. Kids get to hang out, whatever. But you want to hurt my kids, which you're citing my misinformation when you can't read a study. Oh, you opened up a can of worms. This is asymmetric. Your small group of medical professional friends have nothing on our audience and nothing on our following. You can fight all day. We will fight back and this, this will be an asymmetric fight. You can't possibly win. You have no science. You have no data and no facts on your side. And we have a larger audience to tell people the truth. Continue gaslighting and lying to people in an effort to make their kids suffer. We will never, ever, ever Stop putting out the truth and hiding behind your medical degree as an appeal to faux authority based on science you either don't understand or lying about. We'll call it every time. You're saying it can't possibly get any worse. So the South Korea paper doesn't say kids are spreading it and doesn't even know the direction of transmission could have been parent to kid, which defeats the whole argument that the kids spread it to the parent. You understand that argument. Joe, you get that, right? Yeah. That if they're walking into the house and they're like, hey, a kid was in school and there's a couple coronavirus infections in the house, clearly the kid brought it home to the parent. That's not what the study says at all. Right. They said they don't know the, quote, direction of transmission. 
And the real data from Iceland shows the kids got it from the adults, not the other way around. Again, science. Try it sometime. Here's screenshot number three from the Federalist piece. Oh, read this piece. There's more in here. I'm just going into the three most profound pieces of facts and data that'll help you debunk the media people saying, look at the South Korea study. Kids are super spreaders. Idiots. Here's another piece in the Federalist and a quote. And there's a, and this is from, again, forgive me if I'm saying the name wrong, Alistair Monroe, the world's foremost expert on pediatric COVID-19. Gee, his medical advice doesn't matter at all. He's only, he's only the world's foremost expert on pediatric uh, COVID-19, Joe. Let's disregard him. Let's go with the other doctor who hasn't even read the study he used in his tweet. <laughs> so here's the world's expert here, this uh, Mr. Monroe here. He says, here's the kicker. I've seen unpublished data on this same cohort of children. Almost every single secondary case from a child index case shared the initial exposure. Oh, oh, oh I'll translate this for you because I've been, I've been following this for weeks now. Meaning they probably became infected at the same time. The child just developed symptoms first. Oh, it goes on. So it turns out, this is from the Federalist piece, that even of those 2.7%, a small portion of potential index cases from children under the age of 20, probably were not true index cases at all. They might not have infected adults in the household at all. The adults were simply exposed at the same time as the child. This help exp helps explain the huge discrepancy between household and non-household contact. Just two infections among 226 trace contacts among the 10 to 19 group. The household infections were largely an artifact of misidentifying index cases. Let me translate for you. So again, the, the doctor who decided to challenge me, claiming I'm promoting misinformation, trying to make my kids suffer and keep them in solitary. Close the schools. South Korea said the kids are spreaders. That's not what it said at all. The South Korea study, which showed an infection in the home where there was a child, found that the child may have come into contact along with an adult with some other person outside of the school where they both got it and the kids got the symptoms first, leading some people to believe that the kid gave it to an adult when, matter of fact, they both got it at the same time from the same person they were around. You know, science, sciencing, facting. Data stuff. I'm a medical doctor. Listen, some of the smartest people I know are medical doctors, including my brother-in-law and one of my best friends and one of my other friends. Also, some of the dumbest people I ever met. I'm sorry, we're doctors. Really. Including one who did not even know that. I'll leave that for another day okay. because it'll identify. I don't want to do that. <laughs> he, I'm not kidding. I said something to him one day and he looked at me puzzled. I'm like, yeah, that's the chemical in that drug you didn't know <laughs> seriously I hear smartest you. guy i know one of my best friends is a right doctor. No, no, no 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 mm -hmm. i know what she's doing back there i did not give it away smartest people i know also one of the dumbest wait you didn't read the science so they don't actually know if the kid brought it into the home when they do they do it in infinitesimally small number of cases 2.7 percent and when they actually genetically map the virus, they find out the adult gave it to the kid, not the other way around. You know, sciencing. 
the South Korea study. You don't want to educate the kids. Fine. I'm not kidding. Great. Great. I will pay a teacher with my money, my substantial tax bill I get. I will take that money and I will either pay a tutor or find some online alternative. You don't want us in your schools? Close them down. Close them down. I'm not kidding. Close them down. Give the parents back their money. Give every kid a voucher and we will find a way. I'll get together with some people in my community who feel the same way I do. I can't name names because they don't have the ability to fight back like I do. But trust me, it's substantial. And we will figure out a way. We can rotate homes. We can pay a teacher ourselves. And we'll probably pay that teacher a lot more than you're getting paid from the crappy public school system. How does that sound? Get a group of five, 10 parents. We can do smaller classrooms. We can rotate homes. I am perfectly okay with that. And you know what we'll do? Showing you how feckless and hapless government and medical professionals are. Not all, but many of them. We'll take in some kids who can't afford it. They pay nothing. And we'll get them taught in smaller classes with more personal instruction. How does that sound? We'll wrote down, we're welcome in my house anytime. Good idea, right? You don't want to teach? Don't do it. But I'm in danger. You're not in danger. You're not in danger. You're citing a study which says nothing of the sort. You're making it up. That is not true. And showing you how the unions, by the way, the unions... Again, not indicative of the entire educational space, but the teachers' unions don't give a damn about your kids. Now, of course they do, Dan. They're in it for the kids. They are. While trying to keep your kids in solitary confinement in the house and not educating them, look at this peace and legal insurrection. Let's look at this wonderful union out of California. The teachers' unions make far-left political agendas conditional for school reopening by Kimberly Kay, legal insurrections. Peace will be up in the show notes, too. It's all about the kids, Joe. It's all about safety and the kid. It is. That's all it's about. Because if that's all it's about, why is this your list of demands? And very few of these have anything to do with safety or the kids. This is, I'm not kidding. This is from the United <laughs> Teachers of Los Angeles. Whoa. Yeah, I know. Whoa. To the audio listeners, Joe's laughing because he gets to cheat on the YouTube and read ahead. So this is what they want before they open up the schools. They want $250 million in taxpayer funding for schools, an additional $500 billion in federal funding, government-run Medicare for all, a wealth tax, an increase in the California state income tax. They want to defund the police, a ban on new charters, and public benefits for illegal immigrants as part of the plan to reopen schools. But as Kimberly say brilliantly says, it's all for the children, right, folks? It's all for the kids. All for the kids. The kids. These unions can't stand your kids and they can't stand you. And someone's got to call them out. Again, it's not a knock on teachers. I can't say it enough. My life was changed by really terrific teachers. Many of them no longer with us. And many of your kids' lives will be changed for the better. By, I mean, the teachers in my kids' school really love the kids. You can see it. You can see it. It's, you can't fake that. But this is a disgrace. And if there ever was a public relations strategy to alienate America in one fell swoop, I, I'm urging the good teachers out there who really care and have given their entire lives to the benefit of children. Think about it, right? 
you don't remember the names of probably 50, 60% of the people you worked with if you were over the age of 40 and the many jobs throughout your lives, right? But you can still name your teacher through first through 12th grade, probably every one of them. That's how impactful they've been in your life. God bless them. And I encourage the teachers out there who have emailed me and supported my stance on this. The good folks who want to get back to school, you need to stand up. My wife and I and Joe, we've been in this fight. There are a lot of things that go on behind the scenes. Don't think for a second I'm not in this with you. I left my job once to run for office three times to try to make a difference. When that didn't work, I picked up a microphone and did it here. We've had to let business contacts go. We've had to do a lot of, we're in this fight with you. This is not some halfway crook nonsense. We're all the way in. And we need you, the good teachers, to get in this too. Whatever these unions are doing in your name is an absolute disgrace. And the people advocating to keep these schools closed with no concern whatsoever for parents whose kids will suffer permanently from this is an absolute disgrace too. If you don't want to teach, that's fine. They can work out some arrangement for high-risk folks. Not suggesting everybody be fired if you're recovering from cancer or you're over 65. We can figure out an alternate condition for you. And if you're a parent out there and you're uncomfortable with your kid in school, fine. That is perfectly fine. I understand. There's a lot of people who are scared right now for good reason. Keep your kid home. We can work out a different scenario. My kid's going to school. And so are the many friends of mine in my neighborhood where I live. They are going to school. And if your school won't open, we'll figure out another one that will. Let me do one last story here about this coronavirus hysteria. Again, if there was a way to alienate the entire population, first let's shut down the schools, relegate the kids to solitary confinement, isolate them from their friends, and then let's put out a mask order and fine people, fine people for even slight infractions. You think I'm making this up? Here's the dreadful Miami Herald left-wing rag. No one is safe from Miami-Dade's new $100 no-mask fine. Not even people wearing masks. This is actually a decent article by a Haley Lerner who actually decided to tell the truth. This story is incredible. It tells the story, Joe. You know, mask man. Man, we all need to be ordered to wear masks. Yeah. You're morons, okay? Mm. You're morons. I'm all, you want to wear a mask? Go right ahead. You want to be a business that mandates masks? That's great. You're a homeowner? Don't come in my house without a mask? Good for you. If it makes you feel better, I respect that and I get it. Government has to mandate it and fine people now. There's a story, Joe. Ladies in a Publix. Publix is a popular grocery store down here in Florida, in my in Miami. She's down there. She comes out of the store. As she's getting in her car, she takes her mask off. And the mask police come out and drop a $100 fine on her. If there was a way, if you had a think of a plan to cause mass civil disobedience and piss off the entire population of your county, this would be a good start. Combined with the, and we're going to keep your kids home and not educate them either. I don't, I seriously don't know who told you this was a good PR strategy. If you're following the Rahm Emanuel, never let a crisis go to waste rule. But whoever told you this, you are brewing mass anger and rage that I'm telling you right now is going to translate into results at election boosts at some point that are not going to be good for you and results with taxpayers that'll be even worse. Do you realize how many people right now are seeing the futility of a public education system that refuses to educate their kids while their property tax bills are through the roof? Do you not understand that? You think it's a joke?
Do you understand how many people who are perfectly willing to wear a mask if asked to do so and if it makes people uncomfortable are offended by the idea that a government which has no constitutional authority to do it has ordered them to do it and is them threatening them with jail and fines if they don't, even as they're walking to their car? You think this is a PR strategy for good government? Are you really this stupid? Or do you reserve special degrees of stupidity just for Fridays? Is there a repository of stupid you hold for Friday and Friday you unleash the special stupid? Paula said to me before the show, it's going to be a good one today, isn't it? You're really pissed off. Poor woman had to listen to me the whole morning, railing. the whole. Meanwhile, my <laughs> poor daughter. I come from New York. Unfortunately, I curse a lot. Don't do it. It's really bad. Seriously, I'm not kidding. It speaks of unprofessional conversation, but I can't help it when I'm really annoyed. So this morning, F-bombs were flying in here over these stupid, stupid, man, this coronavirus is driving people to madness. And my daughter, my older one, was going out to go do her thing this morning, do a little lifting, just like her dad. And I didn't realize she was outside the studio and I felt bad and I apologized to her because I was cursing like a mad dog. I said, hey, I'm, I'm sorry. You shouldn't be, I shouldn't be talking like that. It happens, bro. You know, but it folks, happens. I'm upset. Yeah. Not that. I mean, Joe, you're, you're, Joe's more restrained than uh, uh, Paula, too, but... <laughs> I'm really upset about this. I'm I sorry. You, I just my kids are really suffering. Joe, you know, Joe, Joe's mad about it too, but Joe, you know, little Joe is a grown man now. Yeah. You know, Marine, proud kid. I got young kids, man. They're suffering. Mm -hmm. I'm not kidding, folks. I'm not making this up, okay? My daughter is really suffering. It's not a joke. It's not like, oh man, let's shed some crocodile tears for you. Show me. My daughter is really suffering. It really hurt me deeply as a father when my daughter last week told my wife, I don't know what to do, mommy. I sit in my room all day and play with my dolly. Mm. I'm not kidding. Mm. And by the way, to my unbelievable listeners, you all are so incredible. I love you so much. You have no idea. I didn't even tell you this, Joe. We have a P.O. box. Don't send stuff, please. I'm not, but people sent like board games and everything. I'm not even kidding. Aww. Because you're the best. They did. And it's like, I told Paula, we have the greatest audience ever. I appreciate it. But we're, we're, we'll figure that out. Save your money. I, it was nice of you to do that. They send board games, all kinds of activities for my paint by numbers and stuff. Mm. You all are just amazing people, but it hurt. And there are other parents, folks, and I'm, listen, we'll be fine. My wife and I have saved a lot of money. We're very frugal. We've done well. You've made this a successful show. We'll get through this. But we know someone, I'm not going to say who, who works with us. And told me she about her kids in a stuck in a trailer park all day. All day. She's like, I don't know what to do with my kids. They sit there looking at four walls in a box all day. No education. They have no computer. They're not getting education. They're not getting the social interaction. They're not getting the meals at the school they go to. I can't take it. Do they not have a voice too? My daughter. How do you listen to that? I don't know what to do all day. The kid was crying. And I'm supposed to ignore that because a medical professional can't read a science study out of South Korea? You wonder why we're all mad? You think this is your PR strategy? Keeping our kids locked up in the house? It's the best you've got? All right. It's probably a good time to take a break here because I got another heavy block of the show and I don't want to lose it. All right, we're going to cover this uh, Spygate stuff. Yes, I, I got to move on.
This was a lot of information yesterday, and I'm going to put it together for you like only this show can do. Because stuff we've told you a long time ago, like the importance of Special Agent Joe Pianca, which, what, Joe, three years ago we told you to, what did we say? Remember the names? Mm -hmm. Pianca. Maybe three years, maybe four. I don't even know. It was so long ago. All of a sudden, that name is becoming really important again. But if you're a regular listener, you already knew that. All right, let me get to my second sponsor today. Our our friends at Stamps.com, we've had to use a lot lately because, uh, you know, we're not going to the post office much anymore. Stamps.com. Folks, as we slowly adjust to a new normal, we need to be smart about how we do business. Luckily, there's stamps.com and they make things much easier. Thousands of small business owners like us have discovered the incredible benefits of stamps.com. They've been able to keep their businesses running and avoid the crowds at the post office all from your own house and your own computer. With stamps.com, you can print postage on demand and avoid going to the post office. You'll save money also with discounted rates you can't even get at the post office. Stamps.com, here's a good one, also offers UPS services with discounts up to 62% and no residential surcharges. If you use UPS, you know what that is. You won't pay them. Not with Stamps.com. Stamps.com brings all the mailing and shipping services you need to your computer in the comfort of your own home or your office. Whether you're a small business sending invoices, you're an online seller, or you're a mega business shipping hundreds, thousands of packages, Stamps.com's for you. And handle it all with ease. You simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7. For what? For any letter, any package, or any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. It's easy. Once you're done, leave it for the mail carrier, schedule a pickup, or drop it in a mailbox. It's really that simple. With stamps.com, you get great discounts too. You get five cents off every stamp. If you're mailing a lot like we are, it's a lot. And up to 62% off UPS and U.S. Postal Service shipping rates. Stamps.com is a no-brainer. It saves you time, it saves you money, and most importantly for us, it saves us headaches, which we don't want. Right now, our listeners get a special offer. It includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Dan, D-A-N. That's Stamps.com. Enter Dan by clicking the microphone at the top of the homepage. Don't forget, Stamps.com. Microphone at the top of the homepage, type in Dan. All right, thanks, Stamps.com. We appreciate it. (sighs) taking a breather here to kind of mellow out a little bit. So there was some pretty incredible news. We've been, haven't been covering a lot of Spygate stuff, but uh, another tactical nuke was dropped yesterday. I saw this Fox news story, which was fascinating. came out yesterday that some new documents by our terrific director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe has been declassified. And we now know That, yes, the FBI used a 2016 briefing on election interference as cover to question the Trump team by Brooke Singman at Fox News. This article, if you ever read the show notes today, you got to read the show notes. What? So just to be clear what we're talking about here, we now have the notes from this meeting. The meeting's on August 17th with President Trump. Governor Chris Christie, and General Mike Flynn. August 17th, a lot of you are like, wow, a lot of stuff happened around that time in August 17th. Oh, yeah, yeah, don't worry, I'll get to that. So they briefed the president, supposedly warning him about election interference by the Russians. But as it turns out, Joe, the FBI personnel in the briefing are actually not there to brief the president about Russian interference, but they're there to use the interview with the president to investigate him. Oh, we never heard that one before. I thought Jim Comey, didn't he tell us in Congress? He did tell us, right, that they were not investigating President Trump. Uh, So the verdict is in. We now know that was BS, too, amongst many of uh, super patriot Jim Comey's legion of lies. He was lying to us about that, too. So who did this briefing 
on August 17th, where, again, to be clear, they show up with Trump, Mike Flynn, and Christie, and they say they're briefing them about, hey, you got to watch out for these Russians. But what they're really doing is using the information to investigate him, how he's talking, if he mentions anything about the Russians. Wow, isn't that weird? So who did it? Let's go to the screenshot from this Fox News piece. Who did this briefing? Exclusive, a newly declassified document obtained by Fox reveals that the FBI agent who delivered the defensive briefing on election interference in August of 2016, quote, actively listened, Joe, for certain topics, using it as cover to monitor then-candidate Donald Trump and Michael Flynn. A source familiar with the document said, and who was that agent? The infamous Joe Pianca. Known in the IG report as SSA-1, Senior Special Agent 1. Now that's a name we've been telling you about for three years. Who was Joe Pianca? Why is the FBI hiding Joe Pianca? And why does Joe Pianca's name come up at every critical juncture of the spying operation on the Trump team? So now we have no doubt that on August 17th, they are spying on the Trump team. They send Pianca in under the guise of, we're just going to warn you about the Russians. And what they're really doing is using the briefing to gather information on Trump. <laughs> and who does it? Pianca. Again. Why does that matter? I have another Fox News piece from a while ago. It's in the show notes too. It's older. It's in my show notes as an important piece about who Joe Pianca really is. Check it out. Read it. Now you'll see why Pianca conducting that briefing in August 6th briefing really matters. So who was Joe? Let's go to this Fox News piece. This is from Greg Ree. This is from December of last year. Horowitz report spotlights little known FBI agents role in Russia probe in the Flynn case. Gee, who could that be? Maybe Joe Pianca? <laughs> ding, ding, ding. The verdict is in. Three gavel drops today. That agent is Joe Pianca. So where else does Pianca appear? So now we know he, he's the one briefing Trump, really spying on him in August 17th. What else did he do? Let's go to that older Fox News piece and see what else he did. So. SSA-1, a.k.a. Joe Pianca, Senior Special Agent 1, was given a supervisory role on the Crossfire Hurricane team. He was? So he's the supervisor? In the case, the spy on Trump? Crazy. Overseeing agents and reporting directly to Peter Stroke. Pianca created the electronic subfile to which the Steele reports would be uploaded. And according to Horowitz, these reports were used to support the probable cause in the page FISA applications. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Isn't this weird? Yeah. So Pianca is briefing Trump in August, a.k.a. spying on him. Pianca is also the supervisor of the case open to spy on the Trump team. And we know he also did what? Let's go to the second screenshot from this Fox News piece. This is fascinating. Pianca also had the responsibility for, quote, confirming that the Woods file was complete and for double checking the factual accuracy review to confirm the file what? contained appropriate documentation for the documentation for the assertions in the FISA application. Holy oh, smokes. What? Oh, what did I tell you, Joe, three years ago? Yeah, what did yeah. I say? What did I say? Keep your eye on Pianca. Yeah, you said that. Yeah. And what else did I say? Did I not say a thousand times, Joe, the key to this entire case falling apart, the Spygate case falling apart for the FBI was going to be the Woods file? Did mm -hmm. you not hear me say that yeah. close to probably a thousand times? Oh, yeah. Why? What is the Woods file? For those of you new listeners, the Woods file is a file 
where if you're going to spy on someone using the FISA court, you're obligated to keep a file about why you're spying on them. You have to give reasons. And those informational tidbits and data points used as reasons. We saw Joe doing this. We saw Joe doing that. We saw Trump doing this. We saw Trump doing that. Have to be checked. What was the problem with the Woods file, which we've seen? None of it was checked and verified. None of it. It was all lies, innuendo, and pee-pee tape garbage. And who was responsible for checking and maintaining the Woods file? Joe Pianca, who was supervising the whole case against Trump, who was also briefing Trump on August 17th in a briefing which was really cover to spy on the Trump team and gather information. Where is Joe Pianca, by the way? Because he's managed to, by the way, there's a whole chapter on Pianca and Steven Soma, who I'll get to next. In my upcoming book, which I just finished reading, I read the audio book, took forever, but follow the money. There's a whole chapter on it. If you want to pre-order it, it's ready for pre-order today at barnesandnoble.com and other places. Check it out. Shameless pluggery. But this is my best book yet. I'm sure. Good one, yeah. (laughs) I'm serious. Yeah. It's good. This is Joe always gets a sneak peek of Ruski. Where is Joe Pianca? So you would think the guy, Joe, that interviewed Trump in August. In a fake interview, really a spying mechanism, the guy who supervised the case against Trump and the guy who managed the Woods file that contained all of the unverified assertions against Trump, you would think he'd be front and center, right? But where is Pianca? Strange, no one could seem to find Pianca. Well, we did know where he was. Hat tip the great at Technofog on Twitter, by the way. He was in San Francisco. They moved him to the other side of the country, Pianca. There it is. FBI.gov, San Francisco field office. There's a list of personnel. Assistant special agents in charge, otherwise known as ASACs. Joe Pianca III. Hmm. So he's in San Francisco where he wasn't? Uh, I don't know where he is anymore because when that was put out on the internet that Pianca was shipped off to the other side of the country to get him out of D.C., the San Francisco field office just days later, no. their website looked like this. I, I, I know for those on YouTube, you're like, wait, did you? I'm noticing something's missing. One of these things is not like the other. The assistant special agents in charge, notably Joe Pianca III's name is missing just days after it was put on social media that Joe Pianca happened to be in San Francisco. Weird, isn't it? Yeah. No one can seem to find Joe Pianca. Is Bianca cooperating? Maybe. I don't know. I hope he is. If he is, I applaud him for doing so. But why is everybody hiding Joe Bianca? Why haven't we seen or heard from Joe Bianca? He seems to be the critical guy yeah. in all of this. All right, I'm going to get to the second half of this in a second, explaining to you why August 17th, the date they briefed Donald Trump, Bianca, that is, they're really spying on him. Why that date is so, so important. Right, let me get to my final sponsor. It's, it's important. People pay good money to be on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we, the people holsters, listen, with all the chaos out there, a lot of folks are going out and first time, for the first time, they're purchasing firearms. What's the key to a fire, owning a farm? You have to be safe. You have to be proficient. And you have to have a good, high quality holster. 
wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. They are the finest holsters, holsters in the business, ladies and gentlemen, in the business right now. They are custom designed to fit your firearm perfectly. They start at just $39. That's right. They are precision molded to your exact firearm. It's not those cheesy one size fits all in the waistband disasters where the firearms falling all over the place. These are precision molded. When you slide your firearm in, you get that click. It hugs it tight. You're made right here in the USA, not in the Chaz or the Chop or anywhere else. What are you laughing about? They're not. They're made in the USA. Paula thinks that's funny. There are thousands of options to choose from and an amazing selection of printed holsters. I have the Constitution printed holster. I love it. They also have a proprietary clip design that allows you to adjust the cant and the ride so it's comfortable. Listen, sometimes carrying a firearm in the waistband, if you're wearing one of those crappy holsters, really bothers you. Not with We the People holsters. Go today. Support American companies. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan and get yours today. Don't wait. Every holster ships free. Comes with a lifetime guarantee. I've had mine for four years now. Get an additional $10 off with the offer code Dan. Satisfaction's guaranteed. If it's not a perfect fit, send it back for a total refund. wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. That's wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. Use offer code Dan and get an additional $10 off. You can't beat that anywhere. We the people holsters.com slash Dan offer code Dan. Check it out today. Thanks, we the people holsters. So again, why is this August 17th briefing by Pianca, SSA1, who seems to pop up everywhere, Joe? Why is this so important? Why would they decide, hey, we got to go talk to Trump? How do we do it? Keep in mind, this is 2016 during the campaign. It's not 2017. Why would they decide on August 17th they're sitting around, Pianca, Stroke, and others, hey, we got to go interview Trump? Well, he's not just going to let us talk to him. It's Donald Trump. Let's pretend we're giving him a defensive briefing while we're really investigating him for his Russia connections that didn't exist. Well, this is critical August 17th when it happened. Let me go into, let me back up a little bit. Because the briefing, ladies and gentlemen, happened the day after the FBI opened up a case on Mike Flynn. Yes, Mike Flynn, who conveniently was in that briefing where they're trying to gather information on the Trump team the next day. Did they ask for Flynn to be there? That would be really fascinating, wouldn't it? So you're using the briefing to spy on Trump? Did you ask for Flynn to be there too? Were you working Flynn in that? Flynn was probably smart enough to catch what you were doing, by the way. But isn't that weird? You're like, Really, Dan? They opened up the case on Flynn August 16th, and the next day, Bianca and them go to interview Trump and Flynn under a fake premise? I always produce receipts, of course. I know Paula hates that word, but here's the IG report. So we know by August 10th, the FBI assembled a team and was conducting an initial analysis of links between the Trump campaign members and Russia. I'm reading from the IG report. Based on the analysis, the FBI opened up cases against uh, Papadopoulos, Carter Page, and Manafort. That's on August 10th. Oh, what's that next line say? On August 16th, 2016, the FBI opened a fourth individual case under Crossfire Hurricane on Michael Flynn, who was serving as the Trump campaign's national security advisor. Wow, isn't that strange? So the FBI opens up a case being supervised by Pianca. Pianca's managing the Woods file containing the information 
with the allegations used to open up the case. The allegations are all unverified lies or not backed up by any sourcing at all. That's any quality sourcing at all. That same guy then decides they should open up a case on August 16th and then the next day goes and spies on the Trump team in a fake defensive briefing. Why do you think Pianca may have done that August 17th briefing? Maybe because the cases they opened on August 10th on Manafort, Page, and Papadopoulos, and then on August 16th against Flynn were based on a Woods file Pianca knew was fake and phony and fraudulent and not verified and needed that October, excuse me, August 17th briefing the next day to kind of buttress his case. Hey, man, I'm looking at this Woods file. We really don't have a lot. We want to spy on these guys. I got an idea. Let's tell the Trump team we want to give them a defensive briefing. We'll get some stuff there. But why not open up the case on August 10th against Mike Flynn? I mean, I just read to you the IG report. Why not? They opened up on Page, Papadopoulos, and Manafort on August 10th. Why not open up a case against Mike Flynn, Trump's national security advisor, who Obama hated? The intelligence community couldn't stand. I have a whole chapter on him in the book, too. Maybe because they didn't have anything on Mike Flynn either. Remember, Pianca has the Woods file about all the allegations against the Trump team in Russia that are all fake. He's got to know they're fake because he's responsible for the Woods file. So they keep trying to dig up new stuff. Let's interview the Trump team. All of a sudden, someone after August 10th gets upset they didn't open up a case on Mike Flynn, it appears. And what magically shows up, Joe? Look at this. Another fake piece of the dossier that's unverified that probably wound up in the Woods file Pianca was supposed to maintain. Here's a screenshot of Report 101. Where for the first report 101 of Christopher Steele's dossier, who magically appears in there? Look at the highlights. Hat tip 279 for this one. Oh, look at that. Mike Flynn. Where it's alleged Mike Flynn is now having communications with the Russians that are questionable. Produced by the same guy who's been pumping the Woods file full of information that's unverified. And look at the date on page two of Christopher Steele's Report 101. This is a real shocker. August 10th. Oh, look at that at the bottom lower left. 10 August 2016. You picking up what I'm putting down? FBI says we got to hammer the Trump team. Do you have anything? No, Pianca's got the woods file. All the information's garbage. It's junk. Well, how do we spy on him if we have garbage information? Hey, we got this guy, Christopher Steele. He was a former British spy. He's got a bunch of reports. Are they real? I don't know, but we can use them anyway. All right, we want to open up a case on Mike Flynn. Eh, it's August 10th. We don't have anything yet. I got an idea. Let's go to this guy Steele and get another dossier and put Flynn's name in it. And then what happens magically after that arrives? The next day, Stefan Halper spy who's spying on the Trump team August 11th, the day after they don't open up on Mike Flynn and the day the new dossier arrives on August 10th, Stefan Halper magically shows up a spy and has information about Flynn. And his handler, Stephen Soma, who's managed to escape scrutiny too, his handler's with him on August 11th, 2016. 
Case Agent 1, Soma, Stu, 2, and these other guys met with Source 2. That's Halper. Case Agent 1 told the OIG that the plan going into the meeting was to talk with Source 2 about Russian interference in the election. And Source 2 may know and to bring up Papadopoulos. Case Agent 1 added the team used media reports concerning the release of emails and allegations of Russian hacking to frame the discussion. Don't be confused. This is so simple. The FBI decides to take the plunge on August 10th and investigate the Trump team. They have nothing, but they make it up and they have enough made up stuff in a Woods file they're faking. They have enough fake stuff to open up a case on Page, Manafort, and Papadopoulos. They don't have anything on Flynn. They go back to their dirty dossier and they ask Steele. Steele produces that a dossier, which gives them information on Flynn. It just says Flynn's coordinated with the Russians. It's fake. It's all made up. To make sure they have enough, the next day a spy shows up. Stefan Halper, who's been spying on Flynn for years, shows up at the FBI office and produces information allegedly about Flynn. And then five days later, they open up on Mike Flynn, August 16th. They probably still realize the case is crap. And then the next day, they go and interview Flynn with Trump and use the interview as cover to produce an investigative report on them. All legit, folks. Don't you worry. It's all on the up and up. Sure. It's only the biggest scandal in U.S. history. How the FBI repeatedly went back to the well for fake information. And when the information constantly showed up to be bad, unverified, or lies, they doubled and tripled down. Interviews, bring in Halper, bring in a new dossier. Let's pretend to interview the Trump team. They couldn't stop. It was a sugar high for them. The endless assault on the civil liberties of Donald Trump and his campaign. It's disgusting. Again, it's all laid out in the next book. All right, uh, a couple more stories I just want to get to here. The Wall Street Journal did a good, you know, listen, I, I, I've been reading the Wall Street Journal opinion section since God knows when, decades now. I enjoy it. It's a right-leaning outlet. They're not really conservative on a lot of issues, but I think it's very informative. The newspaper has some liberals on the journalism side, no doubt about it. Because remember, these, just like Fox News, newspapers have the same wall. You understand how the media business works, many of you, but for those who don't, there's opinion folks, me, Hannity, Tucker, Ingram at Fox. And then there's the news side, you know, Hemmer, Melissa Francis, they do news, they do journalism, fact reporting. We do opinion. Newspapers are generally set up the same way. All of them, Washington Post, New York Times, Wall Street Journal. You have reporting and then you have opinion. The Wall Street Journal opinion section has really great writers. Kim Strassel, Jason Riley, Dan Henninger, William McGurn, even though I disagree with him about his Pottery Barn article. I've been reading it forever. So what happened, ladies and gentlemen, that cancel culture lunatics came for the Wall Street Journal too? Yes, some employees at the Wall Street Journal said, we got to get rid of those opinion folks. God forbid they have an opinion that's not a radical leftist wingnut opinion. So the Wall Street Journal editorial board that runs the opinion section put out a little note to readers. Good for them. It's actually called a note to readers. I read it this morning because I'm a reader and it was a note. 
And the end part of this is classic. It's one of the great double barrel middle fingers to cancel culture I've seen lately. And it's exactly how you should handle the blue checkmark wingnut brigade that wants to take down everyone that doesn't propagandize people with the South Korea study says your kids are super spreaders. No, there's actual science out there. And maybe there's an alternate opinion based in reality. They want to silence all that. Here's what they wrote in their final paragraph. Quote, as long as our proprietors allow us the privilege to do so, the opinion pages will continue to publish contributors who speak their minds within the tradition of vigorous reason discourse. And these columns will continue to promote the principles of free people and free markets, which are more important than ever in what is a culture of growing progressive conformity and intolerance. Oh, that's a nice way of saying, you know, out of the interests of keeping the show relatively family-friendly, that's a double-barreled wazoo information ram up the wazoo. We don't know where the wazoo is. We can only guess. Basically, the opinion people nicely saying, you can take your cancel culture and do a colonoscopy with it. Good for you. That's exactly how you handle wingnuts in cancel culture. That's how we handle them. That's how we'll always handle them. All right. Last story. This one's Joe again gets to cheat and Paula too because they get to see the videos in advance. So the mayor of Portland, a speaking of wing nuts, a left-wing radical lunatic who's watching his city burn to the ground and seems to be happy to join in the chaos, by the way. Yeah. Um, his name is Ted Wheeler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, now, I want to hat tip Joe. That's why I had to get this thing. Joe did a lot of work on this one. And I would be remiss if I did not reward the audience with the pleasure of Joe's work. So radical <laughs> left-wing wingnut Ted Wheeler uh, thinks he's going to appease the Antifa terrorists. You know, the terrorist fascist group Antifa that's trying to burn down the city of Portland. And uh, it, was, it was hilarious. I saw a, a New York Times uh, reporter, Nicholas Kristoff, put out his, on his uh, Twitter feed, he put out, he said, they're not trying to burn down Portland. Only a couple blocks. Oh, Joe, no worries. He's only <laughs> trying to burn down a few blocks of Portland. No big deal. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for clearing that up. Good job. So Wheeler thinks, the wing nut, he thinks he can appease the Antifa. They're a terror group. They're a racist, fascist terror group, Antifa. And the thing about fascist, racist terror groups is they think they're the only morally pure ones, which that's how you get the guillotine. So Wheeler's under the impression, the mayor of Portland, that he can appease this group. So he's like, let me go out there, kiss their butts, show them I'm with the struggle, man. I'm with you, fascists. I'm going to go out there. Keep in mind, this guy's to the left of Lenin, Wheeler. You're not going to find a more radical leftist. He's to the left of de Blasio. <laughs> so he goes out there, and he's expecting to be celebrated. And thanks to Joe's incredible editing skills, you're going to hear a lot of bleeps in this one. Here's how the Antifa fascists celebrated the arrival of left-wing wingnut Ted Wheeler. Ted Wheeler! Ted Wheeler, hey! Ted Wheeler! 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 Ted Whee
if you think it to yourself, that was more bleeps than it was dialogue. It was. For every one word, there were six bleeps. There's like a six to one bleep to word ratio in that one. Um, in case you missed it, which you did because Joe thankfully had a bleep, all of that. That's Wheeler in the crowd. You can watch it on YouTube, youtube.com slash Bungie if you'd like to see it. As the Antifa fascist terrorists are saying, um, F, you get the rest, Ted Wheeler, over and over and over. Because the left-wing wingnut Wheeler thought he could appeal to rationality amongst irrational terrorist fascists like Antifa trying to burn his city to the ground. But don't worry. Representative Earl Blumenauer, an even wingnuttier wingnut from the left, to the left of Wheeler, embarrassingly a member of Congress, how that happened I still don't know, Earl Blumenauer, who's watching Portland burn to the ground and Wheeler going to a bleep rally because we can't even play the rally without six bleeps for every one word. Blumenauer said, Joe, don't worry. We got it all under control in Portland. It's just a few people trying to burn the city down. Here's here's a wing nut of your wing nut, Blumenauer, on the House floor. Check this out. Portland, Oregon is not out of control. To be sure, there are some people who have strong feelings and there are some who have done things that are inappropriate and unlawful. But that is the challenge of our local officials and our state officials to manage it. Not having somebody unwelcome, uninvited and unprepared coming in to take this difficult situation and make it worse. Don't worry, folks. Blumenauer says it's all under control. It's just a few people burning Portland to the ground. Don't you worry. Meanwhile, all you have to do is go to Andy No's social media feed, NGO, who's on the ground all the time there, and see the videos every night of hundreds of Antifa terrorists burning the city to the ground. But Blumenauer said it's okay. Listen, in all seriousness, I'm not messing around. I hate that term in all seriousness, but I do. I hate what people say, and I just said it. To Blumenauer and to Wheeler. I'm not kidding. Do not go out there. It's not a joke. Do not go. Don't be stupid. You guys are morons. You subscribe to a stupid ideology of destruction. But you will seriously be hurt out there if you continue to go out there. These people don't care. They don't care. And I'm not into that. Oh, let them get it. No, no. I'm not doing any of that. I, you, you're, you're morons for doing it. Do not go out there. These people are violent fascist terrorists. If they had a guillotine out there, they would they'd use it tomorrow. Do not go out there. They're trying to burn your city down for a reason. Let the professionals, the federal agents on the ground, handle it. All right, thanks again for tuning in. I'd really appreciate it if you pick up a copy of my new book on pre-order. Again, it's called Follow the Money. I just finished it, just finished the audio book. I think you're really going to love it. Everything I told you about Flynn, everything I told you about Stephen Soma, Pianca, it's in the book, now available for pre-order. Again, follow the money, check it out at barnesandnoble.com, wherever you pick up your books on pre-order. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. Got some exciting interviews coming up in the next couple of weeks. I'll uh, tell you more about that on Monday, so don't miss the show. Thanks for a great week. See you on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard Dan Bongino.